0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time.
1: Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. Men's health is a topic that I think should be discussed more. Men have hormones and can have health concerns that can develop due to imbalance of those hormones. Today, our conversation will be dedicated to men and how they can maintain optimal health. My guest today is Dr. Petty. He is a naturopathic doctor and he teaches his patients how to use nutrition and lifestyle as medicine. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Claudia. I'm really excited to be here and share what I'm passionate about with the world.
1: I love that. And you know what? I feel like you are the perfect person to talk about men's health. And I kind of want to make it a comparison, so to speak. So I do want to focus on men's health today because I feel we don't discuss it enough. And there's so much to understand. Um, So away we go. Naturopathic medicine is about helping patients, so using nutrition and lifestyle can optimize health. But what, if anything, differs in terms of your recommendations between men and women?
0: Well, when it comes to hormones, um, we are very biologically unique, men and women. But overall, when it comes to implementing nutrition and lifestyle factors to optimize our health, and more specifically to optimize hormones, it's it's very specific. It's very, um common the patterns that I recommend to my patients and the lifestyle changes that, that I recommend. Um, at the end of the day, food and lifestyle could truly be medicine if we understand how to utilize it. Over the course of a year, you know, we consume anywhere from two to three pounds, two to three thousand pounds of food a year. That's a lot of information that the body has to process. And so by making the proper nutrition choices, We could really support our bodies, support our hormones, as well as doing the right lifestyle things, right? Making sure we're moving, making sure we're keeping um, stress to a minimum, sleeping well. And a very important topic that affects hormones, specifically women and men, is um, toxin exposure. Just being mindful of potential sources of toxins and doing what we can to minimize exposure to these toxins, meanwhile optimizing the body's natural detox pathways, which can have a profound effect on our body's natural hormone patterns. But as far as women are concerned, you know, they have that additional issue of menstruating and uh, losing blood and so with nutrition and what i Specifically tell women to do is just to increase the iron containing foods to make sure that they're repleting the lost iron levels. And that is the only subtle difference that I focus on with respect to nutrition. But besides that, the main principles and foundations apply to both sexes.
1: That's so good to hear because you know, I'm I like you, I practice and I treat both men and women. And although I'm a chiropractor, I mean we are working well very well together and I love to hear that you know things differ in men and women but the actual way to get there is always through lifestyle and nutrition so eating healthy I mean like 2,000 pounds of food a year that sounds like a lot of food so if we're choosing incorrectly we're stressing our systems and that in effect is going to stress our hormones for men or women correct?
0: Absolutely, Claudia. And you see, that's that's what's interesting, right? Um, the old the old thinking was that food is just calories. Yeah. Food is just information, and as long as we're eating the right amount of food, you know, we won't gain weight and we could be healthy. But the research is showing that food is so much more than calories, than energy. It's actually information for the body. The food we have has the ability to turn on genes and turn off genes so we can either upregulate disease genes or downregulate disease genes with the food that we eat. This is a powerful area of science called nutrigenomics, the effects of nutrition on our genes. The food we eat also has the ability to increase inflammation or decrease inflammation, which is an inflammation is the driver to many chronic diseases. And last but not least, the food that we eat affects the microbiome in our gut, which is the collection of bacteria that's found in our gastrointestinal tract that is connected to many biological processes, including mental health, blood sugar, detoxification, hormones, and so much more. So clearly, the evidence shows that food is much more than calories, and that's why at the end of the day, we need to make you know, the correct decisions as far as nutrition is concerned, if our goal is to optimize our health and whether it be hormones or not.
1: And I like that you said that, that nutrition is more than just calories um, because it does affect so many areas of our lives. And when we're talking about men and women, we know we're all familiar with the hormones that affect women's health, like the big ticket ones, so estrogen, progesterone. But what are the hormones of interest for men?
0: The two main hormones that I think about when it comes to men's health, and I do a lot of men's health in practice, is testosterone, estradiol, and cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone, right? Mm -hmm. Testosterone, we all know what that is. That's the male hormone that's that's responsible for the male reproductive system. It's important for tissue growth and repair. But testosterone is also very, very important for brain health, cardiovascular health, mental health. And so those are areas that we don't think about when we think about testosterone, because when we say testosterone, we're automatically thinking, you know, that buff guy in the gym with lots of muscles, but that's not all testosterone does. It actually has a lot of important roles in the body. And um, I work in an integrative cardiology clinic here, and so I work with cardiologists, so I see a lot of patients with cardiovascular disease, and just correcting their hormones can, can actually help improve their lipid profiles and their cardiovascular health as well. So testosterone is a big, big player, and it's important for us to you know, understand what can we do to optimize these levels, and that's why I also mentioned cortisol, the stress hormone, because it's a teeter-totter, right? If our cortisol, our stress hormones are high, what that does is our testosterone levels could suffer. And so when I'm looking at a patient that comes in with low testosterone, I'm paying attention to their stress levels. Are they stressed? Are they sleeping quality, getting quality, adequate sleep? Those factors play a huge role in in testosterone levels. And um, so it's very important to keep that in mind. And estradiol as well, which is a, a, we typically think about it as a female hormone, but what happens in males if their liver is unhealthy, they're overall unhealthy, the testosterone can get converted over to estradiol. And, you know, we see that in manifestation in a, in a, a extreme example clinically in men with gynecomastia, which is um, breast tissue development in males that can happen, which is as a result of increased estradiol. So those are the main three hormones that I look at, testosterone, cortisol, and estradiol when it comes to male and making sure that there's a nice balance of them because they're truly very important in so many areas of a man's um, physiology.
1: And so um, this is an important question for me and for moms of boys. What age does testosterone generally peak um, and what is its purpose? I know you kind of touched upon it. And then more importantly for a man, what age does it start to decline?
0: Right, right. That's a great question. And so what happens is that testosterone levels peak in the late 20s, right? They peak in the late 20s, could hang out high until the early 30s, but at the age of around 35, testosterone tends to decline anywhere from 0.3% to 1.5% per year according to observational studies. So, this is something for us to keep in mind. And what's interesting, what we're observing is that men's testosterone levels are declining sooner than ever. Um, and so this is a little concerning because fertility is an issue that is increasing the prevalence of fertility is increasing. And so making sure you know testosterone levels are optimal is very important for fertility. And so when I see that, men are dipping in testosterone levels sooner and earlier, it's very concerning. And one of the main reasons I think this is happening is because of the environmental toxins that we're exposed to. You know, the world is more toxic than ever before, from the foods we eat, to the air we breathe, to the toxins and herbicides and pesticides in the food, to the hormones in the food and also the beauty and personal care products that we that we use, the creams, the lotions, the potions, the deodorants, all of those things are loaded with endocrine disruptors that can affect hormone levels, not only in males, but in females as well. So I always tell my patients, Yes, it's important what you put into your body, but it's as important what you put onto your body because what you put onto your skin enters the bloodstream very quickly, much like what you would eat. And so, you know, it's very important for us to be mindful of all of those things that not only we eat, but the air we're exposed to and the creams and lotions and potions that we use in order to ensure optimal hormone levels.
1: It's interesting that you say that because recently, probably within the last, I would say, eight months or so, I did come across a study that indicated that levels of testosterone are declining in men. And you're right, it's in their early 30s. And most people feel that testosterone declines a lot later, but I mean, you're telling us that it's in the 30s. And... What is the problem with that? So we hear that it's declining, but for listeners who maybe don't realize the importance of having healthy testosterone levels, what is the problem with having declining testosterone?
0: Okay, first and foremost, what happens is that there's a lack of motivation, right? So testosterone is very important for for motivation, that survival instinct. And so when testosterone levels are low, people tend to feel unmotivated, low energy, libido is low, erections can become a problem, mental health can even, disease can become more likely, for example, depression. You know, all of those things are related to testosterone. When we think about testosterone, we mostly think about body composition. Oh, muscle and fat, yes, testosterone plays an important role in maintaining healthy muscle mass, which is very important because healthy muscle mass allows you to maintain healthy and strong bones because you can exercise. But what as testosterone dips, that body composition can shift, right? Less muscle, more body fat, and that's the set that sets the stage for cardiovascular disease because then the lipids, the cholesterol balance can get affected. Blood sugar can get affected. And so yes, Um, We have to pay attention to the role of testosterone with respect to, you know, muscles and body composition. But there's the whole mental health piece, the immune piece, um, and testosterone is important for immune modulation as well, and the energy piece that we really need to pay attention to.
1: And so another question that I have is, We, you know, you mentioned that if we're avoiding, you know, some biotoxins and we're eating well, um, that, you know, we're able to maintain healthy hormonal levels. But what can we do specifically um, or what can men do specifically to maintain healthy testosterone? What do you recommend to your clients?
0: Great, great question. So. First and foremost, I think um, there's important lifestyle factors that we need to keep in mind. Yes, it's important for us to exercise um, four or five times a week. I would recommend getting good exercise with weight bearing exercise, resistance training, weight bearing, you know, so you're stimulating the big muscles in your body, your legs, your back, chest, shoulders, because exercise is really important for testosterone levels, very important. And we all know that. But the more things that we don't pay attention to, for example, are alcohol. Alcohol could be very detrimental for testosterone levels, right? And um, the other very important thing is sleep. We make most of our testosterone in our sleep. And so making sure we're getting optimal sleep is
1: crucial
0: for optimal testosterone levels. And this is something that's become a problem in society because we're so technologically based now. Everyone is on their phone, computer, tablets, so many devices, which are very stimulating, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is that the blue light from these devices, especially if you're using it at night, can increase your stress hormone cortisol. So if you're using your phone before bed, chances are you're spiking your cortisol levels and they shouldn't be high at night. And when cortisol goes up at night, it makes it difficult to get deep quality sleep. And cortisol actually antagonizes melatonin, which is really important for keeping us, you know, deep sleep. And so as cortisol goes up, the melatonin comes down and we're not able to get those deep restorative stages of sleep where we produce most of our testosterone, where the body really does most of its healing. And so that could become problematic or so can affect hormones in a negative way. That's why I tell all of my patients that are working to optimize hormones one hour before bed, no screen time, go low tech, read a book, don't use your computer, don't use your phone, and keep all the devices outside of your bedroom when you're sleeping so you can give your body the chance to get that deep restorative sleep. Because when you think about it, the average person sleeps, you know, 70 hours, 7, 79 hours a day, that's one third of our lifetime, right? One third of our day we're spent sleeping. So if we can do these simple things to optimize our sleep quality, that can go a long way when it comes to optimizing hormones. So those would be the main things. And then what what I'm also telling a lot of my patients is be mindful of your, you know, electromagnetic frequency exposure, right? You want to make sure that you're not keeping your cell phone in your pockets, Um, I see a lot of people driving with their phone in between their legs or working out with their phone in their front pocket. You want to minimize exposure to those areas from these devices or using your laptop on your lap. You know, these are all things that we don't really pay attention to, but can really affect testosterone production and sperm quality and are important for fertility as well. So just to name a few, I think that kind of outlines some of the foundational steps that I try to implement in my patients when it comes to optimizing testosterone levels.
1: And you know what? I love that you said that because my listeners are probably tired of me talking about how important I think sleep is. I love sleep. I value sleep. And it is such an important part of what we do in a day that I'm so glad you kind of reinforce that for all of my listeners. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> Um, Very
0: important. I'm glad you've been reinforcing that as well because, you know, we've been talking a lot about immune support, immune support, but uh, how often have we talked about the effects of sleep on immune function, right? mm -hmm. And we know that if we're not sleeping, well, not only is hormones affected, but your mood, your energy, your hunger signals, and your immune system all really suffer. So very important.
1: I couldn't agree more. When we come back, does andropause exist in men?
0: Have a question for dr claudia call us at 416-335-1059 tweet us at 1059 the region or email us info at 1059 the region.com the wellness prescription with dr claudia on 1059 the region
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Petty and I were discussing men's hormones. But what I forgot to mention was Dr. Petty is actually Canadian practicing naturopathic medicine in California. So we all know that women experience menopause, but I have heard the term andropause used to describe men's shift in hormones around the same age. Does andropause really exist in men?
0: The symptoms absolutely do, but the change isn't as sudden as what it is for women. You know, women, an average woman goes through menopause at age of 52 at around 47 to 48. They notice the dips in their hormones, and then so they go through drastic changes in that period. But as we mentioned earlier, men's decline in hormones begins sooner, in the mid-30s, and it declines all the way through life. And so what oftentimes happens clinically is by the time they hit like 50, 55 years old, the testosterone has dipped to the point where it's really affecting their mental health, quality of life, and body composition. And so that's why they put that label onto it because, you know, the quality of life of a man has been affected, they notice it, and that's when, you know, the effects of the low testosterone are really manifesting. So yes, it's real, it does happen, for a lot of men, and it's more common now, but it's just a result of years of decline in hormones that are that are manifesting and nothing's being done about it to slow down that decline or reverse it.
1: Right. Okay, so when it comes to diet, nutrition, and weight loss, should men and women follow the same rules?
0: Yes, I think for the most part they should because, you know, the, the, the thing is, It's 2022, technology has advanced so much, and I feel like as a whole, society is very confused about the most simple thing to health, which is nutrition. Food has become such a controversial topic. There's so many different philosophies and beliefs about it, and we're more confused than ever before, I think, as a society. And so when it comes to nutrition, there's basic things that I think apply to both men and women. The subtle difference is that women lose iron, like I said earlier. So encouraging women to get food sources of iron is important, doesn't really apply to men. But overall, you know, it's the same principles. We hear all these diets like keto, paleo, um, low carb, carnivore, all these diets, you know, and, and they're great. But at the end of the day, it's what it's personalized, right? What makes you feel good? And then it's good rule of thumb, what I tell my patients is you want to eat a whole food diet. What that means is keeping the processed foods, things in boxes, things that contain all the added flavors, preservatives, sweeteners, keeping those to a minimum, leaning as much towards whole, real foods in their natural state as possible. So what I tell my patients, if you're confused about if this food is good or bad, but you just ask yourself, did Was this food made in a factory by a man, or was it made by nature and God? And chances are, if if it was made by nature, it doesn't have an ingredient list. It's in its whole food state. It's chances are it's good to eat. It's okay to eat. But if it's in a box and it has a huge ingredient list, half of which you don't recognize, it's been processed, stripped of those nutrients, chances are it's not good. So I always tell people, try to lean towards a whole food diet, lots of plant food, different colors of plant food because each color um, represents a different phytonutrient, which are powerful compounds that plants make that have tons of nutrients and powerful benefits for our body. So we want to always be trying to eat the rainbow, getting diversity of colors into our diet. And um, obviously we want to keep You know, uh, animal products to a minimum, a little bit wild-caught organic meats are okay, but, you know, keeping it to a minimum, relying mostly on plant food as much as we can, lots of fiber, and so as a rule of thumb, I I think those are great principles to lean on.
1: I, can, I agree with that. And it's funny because, you know, you think of man, you think of, you know, carnivores and they want their steak and potatoes. But the reality is, yes, a little bit of red meat is okay. But we, most men, have gotten to the habit of thinking they need to eat all steak and red meat in order to build muscle and maintain testosterone levels. When in fact, it's the opposite. The plant-based diet with a little bit of, you know, less protein from uh, red meat sources Is probably your best bet.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, if there are some men out there who, you know, needed to lose weight just because their, you know, their weight management got off track, if you had to choose, um, I don't even like to use the word diet, but a new, like a, a way of losing weight, a weight loss program, would you recommend keto, paleo, low carb? Which one is actually best suited for men?
0: Personally, I like a uh, mostly whole food diet that's lower in carbohydrates, right? And I also like to um, get some intermittent fasting involved because the research shows that intermittent fasting is great not only for weight loss, it's good for blood sugar, good for the brain, and good for the digestive system as well. So what I encourage my patients to do is to have three to four well-balanced meals a day And then after dinner, no more food until breakfast the next day. And that should get them about a 13-hour fast every night, which the research shows is enough to give you good benefits. And it's not straining your body. And 13-hour fast, if you're shutting down after dinner to breakfast the next day, prevents um, eating at night. And that is the enemy when it comes to weight loss, you know, the late-night eating. So if you could avoid eating three hours before bed and um, making sure you're having protein in each meal, because protein is very important in keeping blood sugar stable, right? And weight gain happens usually because of blood sugar imbalances. When our blood sugar dips, you know, the brain wants immediate sources of fuel, like the rice, the sweets, Mm -hmm. because the brain is in survival mode, it wants quick glucose. And so we reach for those foods and it causes our blood sugar to go way up. And what happens after that It comes crashing way down and we get another sugar craving. That's why it's important to have three to four small meals throughout the day with protein because protein helps keep that blood sugar stable, gives you steady mood, steady energy levels, and prevents those sugar cravings. That's why I think it's very important to start your day with a well-balanced breakfast, that has a good source of protein, fiber, and healthy fats, which will help keep the blood sugar stable. And then after breakfast, every three, four hours to try to eat something with protein so you're getting steady energy, preventing those dips in blood sugar, and then by the time dinner comes, shutting down until breakfast the next day. So these strategies are really, really helpful in allowing us to keep some of that weight off And then the lifestyle factors, making sure we're sleeping, hydrating, you know, avoiding, you know, uh, alcohol, those things are going to be very, very helpful. But as a rule of thumb, I think, you know, this pattern really, really helps. Because what I've noticed is some people like to skip breakfast and do their fast a little differently. But based on my experience, the ones that end up skipping breakfast, they're the ones that are eating late at night. Because if you don't get a well-balanced breakfast in the morning, what happens is that your blood sugar can dip in the evening. And so at night, you end up hungry and then you end up eating things that you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. That's why I like to encourage people to have a well-rounded breakfast and then make sure they're avoiding eating at night. Because eating at night is not only good for the body weight, it's not good for the brain, it's not good for the digestive system overall, it's not very good.
1: Those are such great tips, such amazing advice. Dr. Petty, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Um, If listeners want to learn more about you, where you practice, although you're Canadian, you're out in California, tell us where we can find you.
0: Oh, yes, I am in California. Thank you. Um, So Instagram, I post a lot of stuff about using nutrition and lifestyle as medicine on my Instagram. So Dr. Petty Natural Health, D-R-P-E-D-I Natural Health. Um is my handle on Instagram. You can find a lot of helpful content there that you could, you know, begin to implement in July to use food and nutrition as medicine. And I also have a YouTube channel where I make videos, educational videos on topics like this. Um, so if you are interested in what we discuss, I highly suggest you add me to Instagram at Dr. Petty Natural Health. And, you know, ask questions, stay engaged. And I'm sure there's a lot of good information there that you could learn from. And if there's something you want me to post on, reach out, shoot me a message. I get very engaged with my audience and I love sharing my passion with the world.
1: I love it, and I do agree. You have great tips on your social media, YouTube, and everything, so listeners take advantage of it. You can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Maciela or my website, claudiamaciela.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and, of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. The
0: Wellness Prescription was brought Brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.